Okay, let's dive in then. So I want to make this quick, get to the action. Um, two premises which lead to the thread running through refreshing 2023. So here we go. You've heard these before, but just want to set the scene. There are, number one, untold, untapped, unlimited treasures to be found in the presence of God, which means worship time becomes like a treasure hunt. Number one. Premise number two is to become who we need to be or to do what we know we need to do, we are going to need encounters in the presence of God. I mean, in essence, we need an awful lot more of what he has for our own personal spiritual well-being and if we want to be fruitful as a church. So, Nine pieces of refreshing, uh, nine pieces of treasure for nine refreshings in 2023. Although I've broken that by inviting my brother. Another story. Uh, I don't know about you, but last time, if you can remember a whole month ago, I really felt we were starting to get somewhere. You know, we've been building, haven't we? I think foundation stones through the months as we go on this journey. We started with realignment and repentance and refining and restoration. These are foundation stones in which God is able to start to move us where he needs to get us. First, the Lord needs to work deep inside of our hearts. I think he needs to get us ready. And then from part five onwards, we start getting into the good stuff. Now we're ready for what the Lord has for us. So in May, part five, that was refilling. And today, June, is refreshing. This is part six. Now, I am reasonably confident that if a healthy dose of refreshing were on offer tonight, no one would turn it down. Here's the verse, Acts 3, verse 19 says, Therefore, repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that, Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. We all get run down. We all get tired. We all get drained. We all need regular replenishing and refilling and reinvigorating. Even if you don't have kids. We need moments of refreshing. We need seasons of refreshing. And you know what? The presence of God is where we get it. The prophetic writings of the Old Testament contain some wonderful pictures and promises. Let me read these two little passages from Isaiah. They they paint a compelling picture, I think. Isaiah 35, verse 5 says, and when he comes, give you a clue who he might be. When he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool, and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. I'm glad I chose this one for June, just the summer started. 
And then Isaiah 41, 17, when the poor and needy search for water and there is none, and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. Verse 18, I will open up rivers for them on the high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched land. So we have repeated prophetic metaphors of, of springs of water, rivers, pools, fountains, to refresh the dry and scorched and barren and thirsty wilderness. The point being that when he comes, when the Lord comes, he provides refreshing rain. Why? To bring the land back to life. Whether that land prophetically be the nation of Israel, whether it be the people of God, or whether it be us, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Acts 3 verse 19, Therefore repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Two words, times and refreshing. The word times is the Greek word kairos, and it means an opportune time. It means strategic and significant periods. And then the word refreshing is the word anaxuxis, comes from two parts, ana, A-N-A, the prefix, which means, it means again, it means anew, it means back. And then sucho, the verb, which means to breathe or to draw breath. So if you put those two together to make this word refreshing, it literally means to draw breath again. It means a recovery of breath or a cool, refreshing with fresh air. And I think then by extension, it means to revive. It means to restore and to renew and to rejuvenate. And I don't know about you, but I could do with some of that. In fact, I could do with all of that. Who remembers the, the intense kairos of the 1990s? What we called, what became known as the Toronto Blessing. In that, in that time, there was much joy, much joy, madness. There was some weeping, lots of weeping. There was an outpouring of the love of God. And do you know what? Many people were saved and healed and delivered. In that kairos, a few verses became rather more real to the church. Romans 14, 17, which says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. We would say it's not a matter of coffee and cake. Sorry to burst that bubble. Not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And there was joy. Psalm 16, 11, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hands there are pleasures forevermore. And that little gem of verse, 1 Peter 1 verse 8, which says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Again, anyone could use a little more joy in their lives. <laughs> anyone has a spiritual thirst that needs quenching. 
Anyone have an emotional battery that needs replenishing? You introverts. We're going to spend just a few minutes this evening looking at refreshing in two contexts. We're going to look at it personally and we're going to look at it corporately. That's us together. And then at the end of that, I'm going to pray a bold prayer. I'm going to ask the Lord to send his refreshing rain. So personally, I know this is pretty obvious stuff, isn't it? We all need to drink frequently from the water of life. Simply put, without water, you die. Your Christian life shrivels up. It becomes weak and weary and lifeless. Just as your body needs water to live and to grow and to flourish, so does your spirit. John 4.14, whoever drinks of the water that I give him, Jesus said, shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. John 7.37, if anyone is thirsty, Jesus said, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. There's much writing, particularly in the book of Psalms, about dryness, about barrenness, about thirst. My favorite one, Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And then Psalm 43, verse 1. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. Oh God, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Because the reality is we leak. The reality is we empty. I think the reality is that life can, can squeeze us dry like a sponge. And so we need to drink often of the water of life. And here's the danger. The danger is we go looking in all the wrong places for refreshment and replenishment and sustenance. And we go to places like this, we go to entertainment, or leisure, or sex, or comfort food, or retail therapy. Perhaps some form of adrenaline rush. For some, maybe it would be solitude. And not all of those are bad in themselves, but what does John 6.63 say? John 6.63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh, this is King James, profiteth nothing. Spiritual life, rivers, abundance and overflow come only from the Spirit of God. Hence Jesus' banter with the, the woman at the well. We've already read a little bit from John 4 there. You know, drink the water out of that bucket and you'll only grow thirsty again. And boy, had she been there. You know, she'd had multiple marriages, repeated failures. She was still messing it up. Jesus said, the water that I give you 
is a well of water springing up to eternal life. Greek word is zoe, the God kind of life. Remember, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and live it to the full. But just as natural water irrigates the soil or or hydrates a dry tongue or cools and refreshes sun-baked flesh, so spiritual water re-energizes and reinvigorates and refreshes us deep within. So the bottom line is we need to drink deeply, often from the various sources that the Lord provides, worship, his word, prayer, fellowship, his presence. Because if we don't, our spiritual life will inevitably become dry. And of course, the flip to that is it could be rivers of living water. It could be wells and streams and pools and fountains as the Lord himself satisfies our deepest thirst, as his spirit brings life to anything that is gasping for breath and rejuvenates all that is dry or stale or weary or lifeless. Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And secondly, we'll talk a little bit about corporate refreshing. One of the the marvels of nature is a drooping plant brought back to life. Amazes me every time. It's on your patio. It's in a pot. It looks as though it is dead. And you sprinkle water on it, and within 24 hours, it's bloomed back into life again. I love that. So we can compare that with with the repeated biblical illustrations and, and, and prophecies of a barren land made fertile and fruitful once again. Here's another one, Isaiah 44. He liked this theme. Isaiah 44, verse 3, So I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Passages for me, uh, passages like these, are prophecies of my favorite thing, which is revival. And the word revival literally, of course, means bringing the life back. Taking the lifeless and infusing it with life. Taking dead things and bringing them back to life. Blessing the barren with abundant new life. That is God's plan for us corporately as his body. I am convinced that revival should be our normative state. That we should be full of life. That we should be abounding in life, new life. We should be brought back to life. And do you know what it should show? 
It's our vision statement up there. The church that we see is alive. The church that we see is spirit-filled. You know what? This is exactly what we are pursuing. Acts 3, verse 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. How badly we need that life, that refreshing and renewing and reviving. Otherwise, you know what? As a church like that plant, we start to droop. We start to grow tired and stale and religious and ineffective which is why we sing, and I think we might, let it rain. Lord, let it rain. So that's the basis, that's the theory. What, what do we do with that today? Well, I want to ask you a question. And the question is, where, is, where are you today? And I want to frame, and the bar is the answer. Casey, it's missing. I meant it slightly deeper than that, actually. Where, where are you today? And I want to frame this in three challenges. And it's going to lead to three possible responses, which we'll get to in a minute. The first one, Jeremiah 31, verse 23. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Verse 25. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. So option number one is, are you weary and thirsty, even gasping. We've already read it, John 7, 37. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. The Lord's arms held wide. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Psalm 23, I told you, it gets in every message. The Lord is my shepherd. They knew a thing or two about water. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender green pastures. What do they have? Water. Think of that arid Israel, Palestinian landscape. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. Verse 3, he refreshes and restores my life. Puts in brackets, myself. And then verse 5, you anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Hebrews 4, verse 16, this is the Passion Version, says, So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. I've always had a strong conviction, and I've shared this many times before, that, that church should be these two things. First of all, church should be an oasis. Pools of refreshing water in the scorching desert of life. And the second thing it should be, and this is a bit more 2020, is a recharging station where you can plug in and replenish. Praise and worship under the word through response and ministry. I'm convinced that church should be like that. Life is hard. We, we leak, we get tired, we get run down. We need to come regularly to the oasis where we can rest and drink. We need to plug ourselves back into that charging point so we can get filled up 
with all the things that we have lost. You know, for some, that, that recharging, that, that oasis may just be for a season. Particularly if you've come from a dry place. I, I, I love it when people come to the barn and they say, we just want a drink. And you watch that drooping plant bursting back to life and then they're back out their doors and back off and out and back into the world. I love that. It could just be, it could just be that weekly top-up picture. I'm pretty confident we all need a weekly visit to the Oasis, plugging into the recharging point. And this is one of the many reasons I firmly believe that weekly church is so important. So number one, are you weary? Are you tired? Are you gasping? Good news. You've come to the Oasis tonight. Number two, uh, we already read Acts 3.19, therefore repent and return, there's a hint, so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. It may well be that in order for you to come into that refreshing, you need to repent and you need to return. Repent, of course, means to change direction. You know, maybe you have been running in the wrong direction and chasing after the wrong things. And if that's you, it's time to return to the Lord. And then he can wipe away your sins. He can unstop the blockage so that you can once again have access to the source of life. My mum used to say to me, it was a subtle hint, I got it. The unhappiest person is a Christian trying to live in the world. And the reason that she gave, and she's quite right, is it, it just will not satisfy you, number one, because only God can. And secondly, because you're a Christian, you're just going to feel guilty about it all the time. So if that is you, if you're a Christian and you've been sucked and seduced into living in the world, the good news is the Lord is calling you home. And the even better news is when you get there, he has all that you need and more. And then number three, we're nearly done. Matthew 11, 28, 30. We had this this morning. Message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? The Lord says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. So number three, remember the initial question, where are you at? Question number three is, are you burnt out on religion? Have you lost that first love? Are you going through the motions? Are you stuck on a treadmill of religious repetition? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, this is the Amplified. Come to me. All you labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. 
If that's you, if you've become burnt out on religion and stuck on that treadmill, I'd say two things. First of all, you need to listen to this morning's message. Okay. And the second thing I'll say is it's time to get into the refreshing rain of his presence. Where do those times of refreshing come? In the presence of the Lord. And if that's you, I recommend coming to the front in response time, getting on your knees and crying out something like this. I give up. I give up. No more stressing. No more striving. No more desperately trying to earn it. I choose grace. And then allow the worship team to sing over you, to declare the promises of God over you and take a long and refreshing drink of living water. So herein lie three specific response opportunities. Perhaps the worship team might like to make their way back up to the front. So three specific responses. Number one, are you weary and thirsty? If that's you, you need to come to the Lord tonight. Secondly, do you need to repent and return? Again, you need to come to the Lord tonight. And then thirdly, are you burnt out on that treadmill? Again, what an invitation to come to the Lord for the grace and the mercy that you need just at the time that you need it. Essentially tonight, we would like to offer a ministry opportunity for anyone who feel they need what we would call impartation touch from the Lord, whatever that might be. And if as we respond this evening, you feel that you would like that, in response to any of those calls, then, then I or we will be honoured to pray for you tonight. So here's what we're going to do. Um, the worship team, which has just reappeared, just by magic, are going to lead us in a mellow time. And, you know, during this time, feel free to join in. But don't fear you have to sing every word of every song. You know, ultimately, this is your opportunity to take a long, thirst-quenching, refreshing drink of living water. And it may well be that what you need for the next 20 minutes is not to be a person of action, but to be someone who needs you to sit on their knees or lie down at the front or whatever it is and just allow the Lord to run those rivers of living water through your soul. And while we're doing that, I will, I will be available and members of the team will be available to pray for you. We love to pray refreshing over you. And do you know what? I wouldn't put it beyond the Holy Spirit to, to just give us some, some triggers. And that's what I'll be praying. Lord, would you show us exactly what we need to pray for. Because I don't know quite how you need ministry tonight or, or what the, the lack is in your soul. But I know one who does know. And I'm going to ask him to share it with that. And, and if there is a call, I'd encourage you, don't sit there thinking, well, that might be for me. Come running. Let the Lord touch you. Amen.